Hey everyone, welcome back to the Student Dev Den. This is Rody, student web developer. And I know all of you guys are like, oh wow, the long awaited return or the long unexpected return. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I've been pretty busy um, with school and with work. Um, a lot of things have been changing kind of my life a little fast, so I have to take a little break. Um, I can definitely give you guys an update on that. That's something you're a bit interested in. But maybe in another podcast, because that's not what today is about. Um, we'll save that for another day and what I'm doing. Um, what I really want to get into is how I feel about the front-end communities or the front-end development community on Twitter. Um, kind of, I wouldn't say war, but hype over, um, you know, the, the client-side frameworks that are out there. There's a ton of them, hundreds, thousands of them, too many of them, honestly. Um, but not exactly like maybe the, I wouldn't say there's a problem with them. I would say there's a problem with wanting to learn one or wanting to implement one or even justifying using it. I think all those things are very, very hard to do in the grand scheme of things when people do put in, I wouldn't say unjustifiable, I mean, unjustifiable love or unjustifiable, um, what am I trying to say? This is kind of a walking talk, if you guys can tell. If you like this, I can definitely keep doing this. But what I'm basically trying to say is um, when learning some of these frameworks or when someone is on Twitter and they're trying to see, oh, you know, how does he feel about this framework? Or what companies are using this framework? Or what framework should I be learning? And what framework I should be incorporating in my stack? I think you're asking probably the wrong question. I don't think the question you should be asking is, oh, what stack is he using? So that way I can add it to my stack and I can become a better developer. I think the better question you should be asking is what stack is the company or the team that I want to work for using because I want to I want to basically be a good part or a good asset to my team. That's the better question to be asking. A lot of people don't ask that question because I think it's the idea that they want to be a part of the trending train. They love the idea of getting on a framework and hopping on it and then being a part of the hype, you know, that's great. I, I totally understand like where people's coming from with that. Be especially like you gain the advantage of like knowing what it is and as it grows bigger and bigger, you know, if the community and if the support and the you know contribution to that to that framework, whatever it is, is big enough, you know, that'll be great. You'll be you know, you'll be along for the ride. But I think the better question to ask is how would this benefit my team? How would it benefit the company if they are using it? And should I learn how to use it? Should I learn how to implement what they're using? And that is, I think, the, beg, um, the, the better question to ask. And the reason how come I say that is because I see a lot of people, um, especially people that just start web development, try and jump in and learn a lot of different frameworks at once. And 
they kind of get into like this tutorial hell, I guess that's what it's called, tutorial hell, where they'll get all these Udemy courses or they'll get or they'll watch all these YouTube videos or all that other stuff. And when they are making projects or when they are, you know, learning how to use it, when they want to make something of their own or add something to their resume, they end up seeing that they have to refer back to their notes. Or they have to refer back, you know, to that video or that course that they watched. And that's fine because obviously you're not going to retain all that information. But but the problem is is that that person that is learning that framework most likely is going to learn something else or see something on Twitter and they're going to see that, oh, that's trendy. Oh, I should be learning that. And I should be incorporating that. And I should be using that. And, you know, then that's their second tutorial that they're watching. And their second Udemy course that they bought. And... I think you understand, like, kind of, like, where where this kind of going, in a sense. It's this purgatory of constantly learning something, but never mastering it. And that is a very, very big problem, and especially in the front-end community. And I think this is how come a lot of people that get into web development that are self-taught or that go to boot camp or even come out of school, they have a hard time with the idea of, just learning something and just sticking to it and just making really good products, making really good applications, making them scalable and understanding how the framework works overall and even try contributing to the framework. I think that's the, I think that's overall the thing that you want to do. You don't want to get stuck in this. Well, yeah, I guess what I said before, like purgatory was just, learning but never doing anything with it or learning and then hopping on something else and learning and then all of a sudden like you know you test you test a lot of things but you can't really go too deep into it and i'll give you one example of this that happened to me and this kind of like changed my perspective i think a lot of people can relate especially when learning react and i think this is how come a lot of people when they learn react for the first time or when people tell them to hop on react and they learn it, and they, then they stop liking it because they start understanding like what's going on. But the React ecosystem is extremely enormous. Like it is easily, it is easily one of the largest libraries to work with. The amount of tools and packages that you can add on to, I mean, add on to it can be a little redundant, especially something like maybe like Redux and React Redux. And obviously people try and incorporate those things because obviously someone told them that, hey, look, if you learn how to do this, you're gonna be good, you're gonna be looking employable. And obviously, yes, learning how to use a state management system will make you much more employable because companies, when using either of the big three, they are using some type of state management system. And that may be Redux. But a lot of people know, especially over React, there is, <laughs> You can definitely um, break into the rabbit hole of learning a lot of different technologies with state management or with React in, or, or React in general, I mean, like React Router, then React Redux, then React Saga, then React Redux Stunk. And like, you see what I'm saying? Like, I already named like four packages off the top of my head, and there's more that you can include in there. 
And I think the bigger question that people don't really ask themselves is, well, when do I actually need to use a state management tool? And that's kind of like the, oh, aha, aha, okay. Now, that, and that's what happened to me. When I was learning Redux, and React Redux, I learned them both at the same time, which is a giant no You should learn Redux first and then React Redux. Don't learn them simultaneously at the same time. They'll say, you're going to get a lot of headache. But I was learning Redux, and I told myself, what is the point of even learning this? What is the point of learning Redux if there's React Redux? Because most likely, I'm going to use a state management system and a application that handles state. So why do I have to worry about learning how to deal with state and vanilla JavaScript applications when I'm never going to use it when I'm building React applications that I want to work with, you know, React Redux. And I soon learned, which I think a lot of people may, you know, start kind of understanding where this story is going or may see where this, where this is going to, which is, is that, well, for one, you need both React and Redux to handle state management. A lot of times people use both those packages together. Um, and also, obviously you want to know the fundamentals of a state management package before you jump on and learn a state management package that uses another framework. Because I think a lot of people, and especially me, I was one of those people, I didn't understand, and I didn't understand, I didn't understand the idea of managing state outside of a JS, I mean, outside of a React application. I was trying to manage state in a way that I only thought about React, but I never did it with React vanilla JavaScript. And it was very hard for me to understand why I needed to do it because obviously me, I'm a student, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna get the exposure of building a large React application or building any large application because I don't have a need to do that. I'm not in a giant team. I'm not in a, you know, I'm not in a company where I have to manage state, where I have to share state across the entire application. I, I don't need to do that. I don't need to, I don't even, even making a project that does do that is a little overwhelming because I have to ask myself, well, the application is so small. Why do I need to share this state across the entire application when maybe one or two components will actually use it? Like I was building an application that's teaching myself, you know, how to, you know, kind of work with React. And I asked myself, wow, I made this whole entire store, but I never did anything with it. Sure, the state got shared to like maybe one or two components. I made like a login component, but I mean, it was good practice, but. It was, you know, it was good practice, good exposure, but it didn't teach me the principle of like why I need to use React to React, you know, why I need to do that. And it wasn't until obviously I started building more and more larger applications to where I started to value um, what a state management system like React Redux can really do. Like, for example, I don't have to worry about like prop drilling or I don't have to worry about like, you know, stuff like that, like prop drilling, for example. Um, when I really start understanding like the importance of sharing state and very large applications, I stop prop drilling 
like honestly I almost stopped passing components I mean passing state as props throughout my components um what's it called because I got a little carried away I know a lot of people are gonna be like wait you're using redux when there's use reducer and again this is kind of feeding into the argument that the that the front end community needs to kind of chill out, I mean, chill on their hype because I already know there's some people out here already saying that there's use reducer. Why don't you use reducer? Or, you know, why don't you use the other hooks that's out there? And I mean, if you look at my GitHub and you see some of my React projects, I'm only using hooks. <laughs> I'm only using function components. So it's like, why don't you use those? And the reason I'm not using those is because one, I'm learning, LOL. Like one, I'm learning React Redux because there is a company somewhere that uses React Redux. <laughs> and when I join that team, I want to make sure I know what I'm doing. And <laughs> that's kind of the point. So I'm not going to, and by the way, I do know how to use Use Reducer and Use Selector and all that other stuff. But what I'm basically trying to say is, is that there was a time where if there was a time where I needed to learn one thing before I learned another thing. I needed to learn why I need a state management tool and when to use a state management tool. Then I need to understand the value of a state management tool and when I can start using one package over another package. That is the message that I'm trying to just kind of bring out. Don't learn a set of technologies because someone else told you to. Learn a set of technologies because the value of that in a current team or in a current product is more important. That is the big overall message that I kind of just want to, I kind of want to pass. What I kind of want people, especially that have just started learning React or just started learning any popular framework and don't relate it to just Redux, put it on any framework. Like, do you need to use Moment.js, even though it's depreciated? Is there anywhere else that Moment.js is used? Is there any reason to not use it over the native date? Uh, I mean, over the native date API? You know, stuff like that. Like, that's basically, like, what I'm saying. Now, I mean, like, that's kind of, like, injective at the same time. Like, obviously, like, come on now, like, Use whatever you want. I mean, native JavaScript is so powerful in itself. I don't think really Moment.js is honestly that much needed. But again, that is a polarizing opinion to a lot of people. Some people will say, oh, use this framework. Oh, working with the native date API is hard. Do, you know, all this other stuff. Personally, I'm going to use whatever makes me feel comfortable. I'm going to use what gets the job done. And a lot of times, especially in the program I'm on, people think that my use of not using some of these technologies, oh, that was kind of loud, um, can be a bit polarizing, which is kind of funny. Because, well, for one, I don't like Axios. I don't like Axios or jQuery. I don't like using either of the two. Honestly, I think they add a whole other element of unnecessariness. I mean, unnecessariness, LOL, of... What's the word I'm trying to say? I just don't feel like they're necessary. A lot of people use the argument of, oh, well, native JavaScript, that's a lot of typing that you have to use. 
oh, you know, you you're you must love typing. And it's like, I mean, you type it once, and it does what it does. Okay, what's so okay? So, what you want me to download an entire package just to select DOM elements that the native language can do very easily? Is there something wrong with using um, the query selector? Is there something wrong with using class, get class by, I mean, get element by class name? Um, okay, so it's very wordy, it's very long. Oh no, <laughs> LOL. Like, why, someone's gonna be like, oh, why you hate jQuery? Did you know 80% of places you jQuery and all that other stuff? But I have my, but I just wanna say, I wanna rebuttal, even though I'm not the biggest fan of jQuery or even Axios, I still know how to use them to the point where if I am working with a team that obviously wants me to use them, I at least understand the basics. And because I have a very good understanding of the native language, I'm pretty sure it's going to be very easy for me to jump on. Um, that's And that's another part of the argument that I do want to have be kind of stuck out to kind of like be, I'm, that's something that I want that so if anything out of this podcast if anything out of this podcast had to like be taken out it's the fact that i want that if you understand what the native language does if you understand how to learn that's more important than a framework if you understand how the framework works under the hood then you most likely will be a better candidate than someone that knows how to use a framework better than you I know there's people that love using Express. I love Express. I'm obsessed over Express. But at the same time, there are some people that don't know how Express works under the hood. Like they don't know what even the HTTP module is in Express, which is, in my opinion, that's a little more concerning than not using Express. Like I know there is some people, you know, like there's some people that don't like using vanilla JavaScript because it's one typing or there are many other code bases that use it and all this other stuff. But at the same time, I think it's really because they don't know really how the DOM works. Maybe they learn jQuery to quickly understand the DOM works. I know there's a lot of CS students that learn jQuery so that way they can manipulate the DOM because, well, a lot of CS students may think that the purpose of jQuery and the purpose of JavaScript is just to manipulate the DOM, which they're not understanding the full value of JavaScript as a server-side and a client-side language. Um, I mean, that is, th this is me kind of like at this point, like just kind of reaching. Um, maybe my point is not like, my bad, maybe my point is not um, probably sticking with a lot of people um, because I know a lot of people are just probably stuck on the fact that maybe I just don't like using jQuery. Um, I do not like using, um, um, Axios, for example. I, that, that's just something that, that I don't feel like the community necessarily has to attack me for or say like, oh my gosh, like you're wasting so much time. You're writing a lot of code and you can simplify it with this or using this library or using this. But honestly, that's use what you need to use. A lot of times I don't use Axios because, well, I don't use Axios, but a lot of times when I'm using 
when I'm fetching any data, when I'm handling any data, the the native fetch API is going to be just as effective as well as Axios. Um, especially when we have stuff very recent technology that that hasn't even been out for even half a decade yet. Wait, 2017. Yes. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Es. Es 17 brought us async await. Async await was released in 2017. So. It's 2021. Um, I uh, I think it's actually just been out for a decade, maybe. I mean, half a decade, I mean, lol. Um, I don't know, whatever. But async await does the job. A lot of times I can invest data with literally like five lines of code. Maybe a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, but Axios, you can do it in one or, you know, one line or queens or whatever. But I, I like it. I like looking at it. It makes sense to me. And... I don't have to worry about learning an entire framework to do a simple test or whatever I may do with the data. Like it's, like it's whatever. Um, this is kind of dragging on, I think, from basically like the point of this. And I'm just gonna, I guess, simplify it in this way. Learn the framework that you need. If you really need to learn Angular to join a team, or you're looking at a lot of jobs that you want to join and they're using Angular, they learn Angular. I don't like Angular. I like React. But if I want to be in that space where people are using Angular, then, well, I just got to learn it. Oh, well. Um, but since I'm in the space where people, or since I'm in the space where people use React, where my program uses React, and a lot of companies that I've been trying to apply for are using React. And a lot of places are switching over to React, and there's a lot of code bases that will like people to understand how Redux and React Redux work. That's why I'm learning it. Um, I'm not learning it because of a trend. I'm learning it because that company finds that as well valuable to them. So that's kind of like the gist that I wanted to throw out there. Don't learn a framework because it was trending on Twitter. Learn a framework because it's trending on on the on the Google on the Google get a job page or whatever the the Google thing is where they show you the list of the jobs, all the other stuff. Or it's trending on Angel.io or wherever you're looking for a job at. I don't know. So that's my spiel. I think that lasted a little longer than what it was supposed to. But I mean, it's whatever. Um, this is definitely not something I was um, immediately planning to do. But if you do want to hear more thoughts on how I feel on certain frameworks or certain technologies or even how I'm just doing, I mean, just, just let me know. And I'll definitely think about, you know, making a podcast on that. Um, if you want to hear me express my hate over Angular, definitely um, let me know, LOL. Or jQuery, especially jQuery. I will I'm go on for hours about that, LOL. <laughs> okay, I'm going to um, leave it short because I'm actually at the place I need to go to. But um, have a good night wherever you are. And I hope my concerns over jQuery doesn't stop you from having a good night.